Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and to the Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hi guys, Jim here with Creative Play and Podcast Network. And Kelly! And joining us tonight is Daniel M. Davis, the creative genius mind behind Steam Crow and the Monster Rangers, and a new role-playing game set with the Fate System, the Monster Rangers role-playing game. Hello! Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, it's it's Steampunk and Steam Crow and the Monster Rangers, and there's an RPG involved. How could I not say yes to all of these things? I'm just saying. And we've been a, a big fan of the artwork initially, of course. And and you've had the uh, um, Monster Rangers for a while. What inspired you to create a uh, role-playing game for it? Well, so the Monster Rangers themselves, the, the, the lore of the community was... 100% intended to be drawn from my world building experience as a game master. So I took, I took Steam Crow, which was, you know, friendly monster cartoon art and, you know, wanted to infuse it with more story, you know, and uh, community. And so when we invented the, the monster rangers, I just, I just opened up that part of my brain and let that give myself permission to kind of go, well, what would you, you know, what, what would you do if this was a game, even though we didn't have a game? So, you know, I made up lore and, and a bunch of tomfoolery and stuff um, with that kind of world building uh, storytelling in mind. And it worked. It got people, you know, interested in what we were doing. And then it just took time to, to finally get my brain around, like, what what is the Monster Rangers role-playing game? Like, what would that be like? Because it's not like a normal game. You know, if you see alt-scouting media, you know, with monsters, it's 99% of the time killing monsters as a scout. And that's really not what we do with the Monster Rangers, because I love monsters, so I don't want to hunt and kill them. <laughs> so it took some it took some uh, some play to kind of figure out what it was about. And and so a few years ago, I ran a Monster Scouts uh, before we changed our name uh, role playing game. And I did like 20, 24, 25 sessions up on uh, on YouTube with some with some pals. Not really quite sure what it was that we were going to do exactly, but I kind of figured it out some of it there. And then uh, and then, uh, you know, got busy with everything else and covid and all that. And uh Finally, this last summer, we went on tour, and uh, and somebody was like, "Hey, are you going to run any, you know, Monster Ranger games or for us?" And I'm like, mm, "I have nothing planned, but I brought my stuff." And so, when I had some downtime between camps, I made a, a one shot, and I 
I approached it as a pulp game more than I had before. And that was a real aha moment for me to realize that pulp was the, that was the missing, one of the missing ingredients. Like I knew I'd have a cult adventure magic and all that, but like the pulp side felt really right. And uh, once I plugged that in, it really felt like we were going in the right direction. So, yeah. You hit magic with a K like in your. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, in terms of at least making sense, you know, it, it just, you know, two fisted pulp tail kind of things that kind of adventure, you know, that tone really just, you know, made sense, even though it's, you know, it's kind of before the pulp era being 1913 and all, but I don't know, whatever. I don't care. But, uh, but yeah, I but just you, a lot but of you even say alternate history. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, the so, Pope came out a little early. That's all. Yeah. And you know, it definitely, it, you know, a hundred percent, it has steampunk bones, but I don't like half the time when I see steampunk stuff, it feels like, a uh, like I haven't really been, you know, sold the right bill of goods. Like it, People will say things are steampunk that aren't very steampunk or, you know, and so I, you know, I just don't even I don't even describe it as that, even though if you know what steampunk is, the elements are there for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it's it's fine, but it, it all uh, it all kind of works. But I kind of like I kind of like leaving it out just so, you know, you can kind of not take too much baggage with you when you learn about what this monster rangers universe mm-hmm. is, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, if yes. I say, Oh, it's steampunk, then right away they're like, Oh, it's Victorian. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a little bit later, you know, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> Closer to Edwardian. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I felt like it's just, uh, you know, better to just let it, let it live in its own merits. And, and if, uh, you know, people find elements they like or recognize, then that's just fine with me. I mean, to quote one of your posters and T-shirts is more villainy. There's all of these villains with the twirlable mustaches. Yeah, we have that poster. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You know, what's funny about it is I didn't realize I didn't realize that I was a fan of pulp until I really started paying attention, you know, working on this project. Uh, You know, I'm like. Hellboy is one of my favorite. Well, it is my favorite comic. Well, it's pulp as could be. Screw on, you know, <laughs> screw on head is another one of his his side, you know, titles. Pulpy as could mm-hmm. be. And I'm looking through my collection of art books and and I keep on finding all these pulp things that are 100% pulp. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that you know, it's and you know, pulp is a you know, I don't know. I feel like Steve Puck and pulp, and you know, they're they're very well related. So anyway, I'm a fan. I didn't really, you know, realize it until I started defining it. But yeah. And that's the beauty is you you found the voice for for the Monster Rangers role playing game. That was the big thing is and, and and the beautiful thing is your artwork with its setting clicks so beautifully. I mean, thanks. Yeah. You know. Thank you. It's a weird thing cuz you know, it's kind of the opposite of really most, you know, role playing art. And you know, growing up, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be uh, an easily or uh, one of those, you know, D and D cover artists. That was my dream, uh, or one of them anyway. And you know, but what I drew was cartoon, you know, cartoonish things, you know, and that was fine. And then as I became, uh, you know, skilled at the vector art, that I kind of got forced into, you know, 
in my career, early career as a designer, then I, you know, accepted it and pulled it in. Then it even got more iconic and, you know, simplified and all that. So it is, it is different, but I, yeah, I, it should, you know, it should all work together and, and all that. And yeah, it's a, yeah, it is just me, man. This is just like, a, for me, it's just my ultimate personal project, you know? So I knew that I had to illustrate it myself and I knew I had to write it, you know, and design well, I it. Think, I had mm-hmm. The images go perfectly well because like it's also has like um, the simplicity it really lends itself well to the, the badge, you know, the, the, yeah. the merit and thing. And it, it would, um, it kind of is reminiscent of like the old 50s Boy Scout handbooks, you know, where they have these cheesy, you know, I love it. It's just, it, there's like a, that, that hint of nostalgia with that quirky sense of humor to it. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Perfect. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. I mean, I mean, heck, uh, like I've joked with other folks in the Fallout series, it's that pulp influence that really makes the the artwork fun you know you know all the little vault boy pictures that are totally pulp artwork you yeah. know and and yours taps right into that only you know way better just saying <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah but what one thing i was going to ask i mean kelly did mention the badges which as the actual monster rangers there are lots and lots of badges out there yeah why did you pick the fate system I mean, I know why you picked the fate system. So, I was gonna ask Kelly that. knows why you picked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked the fate system because I've been using. Well, I'll, I'll, let me go back in time a little bit, uh, just for fun. I uh, so like many of you guys, uh, many gamers, I started with Dungeons and Dragons. So for me, it was first edition back in 1982, mm-hmm. and so I started playing D and D. But by the time I was out of high school, I had jumped ship and already went to RuneQuest. For whatever reason, I played RuneQuest for the next decade, and so that's a fate. That's a a, a, a percentile based skill system. There's no mm-hmm. classes anymore, and that really opened my mind up to thinking beyond D and D back then, and go, wow, we could just make whatever kind of character we want with a lot more um, granularity. And yeah, and granularity. Mm-hmm. So I played I played RuneQuest for a good ten years, and then I discovered Fudge. So that's the freeform universal role-playing game, and it used used these four dice that were pluses and minuses, and it had this ladder. And what was cool about it was it, you know, you were you were rolling on this chart and it would tell you a word that described how well you did. It was a good success or a great success or a you know a poor success. And all those things mm-hmm. make sense to somebody that's never gamed before. And um so because I ended up introducing a lot of people to gaming, it was a nice system. And so I started working on um so I played I played that for a very long time. I don't even remember how long, a long time. I even did work for the publisher of of Fudge, Grey Ghost Games. I did some cover art for them. I did a big cartography project for the Catherine Kurtz Deniri series. Um and so on. So I was really involved with all that. I designed the the fudge logo. Uh, but uh, I started working on Monster Commute role playing game. And that was basically based on my comic, Monster Commute, Monsters <laughs> in Traffic, which is still part of this universe, actually. Um, it's a monster, the world of monsters. 
but there are no no humans are there. And uh, anyway, I made this uh, with my pal Stephen Carpenter here in Phoenix. We worked on that game for a long time in Fudge, and we built this. It, it got to be an enormous document. It was so big, and we didn't, you know, we were we were just writing and writing, writing and writing, and it sort of collapsed under its own weight in terms of like, well, who's going to edit this thing? You know, who's going <laughs> to trim this thing down? And Neither of us were copy editors, so, you know, it was kind of atrocious with, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just so much to clean up. <laughs> and then I discovered I'd heard about this fate thing, but I was like, I don't know. I, I like fudge. And then I finally, finally, finally investigated it. And I was like, oh, this is doing all the things I was trying to do in fudge with my monster commute thing. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of it. Like, bleh, and I <laughs> and it just I was done. And so anyway, I started playing Fate. So Fate is my home, the the system I use for everything I run uh, because it does everything I want it to do. It, it, it's story-centric. It's cinematic. Um, it's not mathy. Like, I'm not a crunch guy at all. <laughs> I, I live for the lore. I don't, you know, math just is in my way. And so... You prefer um, the R-O-L-E in role-playing as opposed to the R-O-L-L. Sure. Sure, sure. And I'm, you know, and I'm not against, you know, action and combat and all that. But, you know, there were times when we were, you know, playing, playing D&D and like we'd have this big combat. It would be like seven hours. It was it was just stupid, you know, because we're kind of trying Mm -hmm. to use it like Warhammer Fantasy Battle or something. And it was it was terrible. And so uh, I kind of got used to, uh, you know, this other kind of viewpoint where, well, Let's make things dangerous, you know, and let's 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 not let's let's let the characters kind of do anything they want, not just combat. And so I've I've had a, you know, a love affair with uh, with fate because it was just like the next level of fudge, really. And uh, mm-hmm. so there was no there was no there was never any doubt that it was going to be in 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 fate. So, yeah, I mean, and exactly like you said, I love fate because of the story aspects of instead of checking off 15 hit points, I'm actually saying broken knee. Right. Or, you know, twisted ankle, depending on the severity of the damage. Right. I don't have to check those boxes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's. That's one thing I love about, because that way the GM can totally compel, because it brings the story back to the center. Because it's like, um, as he whips out that fate point and says, remember that busted ankle you have? Right. The monster catches up. Right. <laughs> but I'll reward you for a tangible token for the, for letting the story happen as it should. Yeah, yeah. And it also, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, mechanisms like rule systems in real life in with laws and everything else can create some strange outcomes that you may not have wanted. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, everything centering around combat sort of just keeps it in that realm. And what's great is that, you know, you can you can do you know, fate is made so you can do anything. And so I, I tell people, you know, well, don't worry about know what your character's good at. But like, you know, I know like I just demoed the game to new people that never played before, you know, two days ago. And I'm like, listen, just tell me what you want to do. And then I'll tell you which skill that falls under and and uh, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. But um, yeah, it's a uh, and you can 
totally pick up your aspects on the road, basically, of like, oh, yeah. I think my guys, this, look, write that down. That's beautiful. Yeah. That, that is totally an aspect when you come up with that little one-sentence descriptor of your character. Yeah, and the other thing I like about it, too, is that, like, as I prepare a campaign, like, I'm going to, in the next year or so, I'm going to be developing a, a basically a, a campaign book, like a, a module, I guess, but it's more of a sandbox where I'm going to pick a place and I'm going to use it for my own, you know, at home game and then uh, make that a, basically a module. Um, but what's cool about it is fate also doesn't have, it isn't all about uh, character advancement, you know, kind of endless advancement. So if mm. you build a core, like I've got a, a, a pool of, uh, um, characters that I've been building for just uh, one shots. Right. And so they're just built like you'd build any character in fate. And so they're interchangeable with, you know, with anything I write down the road, because I know that everybody's going to have a great skill, you know, they're not going to, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. So there's some, it's nice because it's predictable in that way. So I can make more content that is uh, not dependent on, no level or whatever and it's really easy to and if you had a character that happened to have you know higher skills it's really easy to also just you know adjust for that too Mm -hmm. and and it's great when you when you get to a advancement point when you want to change your character because as as characters ourselves we all grow and evolve you totally can just change your character sheet when you get the plateaus you know yep so that way you can say your character learned from blah, 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 and you're now doing this, yep. you know. Take some new aspects, take a new trouble, drop your old trouble, maybe, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pick up a stunt or two, I mean. Yeah. Stunts, the ultimate power in the fate system. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, for the Monster Rangers, do you guys have the equivalent of an Eagle Scout? <laughs> so, you know, we <laughs> like don't. Like, you're... Not currently. <laughs> Not currently. You know, we uh, it's, it's interesting having a real community and then having the, you know, the game because they're they're You know, they influence each other. Um, I'm sure there is. Actually, I just haven't made it up. I'm going to recommend Griffin Scout because it's the head of an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> so in the Monster Rangers, there's no ranks in the club, right? But there are definitely ranks in the world. You know, if you know, there it's kind of has a military sort of. You know, there are definitely ranks in there. But yeah, I don't I don't have one of those yet. <laughs> um, and honestly, you know, I while I've been working on the Monster Rangers community for a long time and that lore, you know, the this is working on this world specifically. You know, there were a lot of new things that have just happened recently. You know. Um, you know, the United States of Liberty, the country that we're playing in the alt America is brand new. So I don't know a mm-hmm. lot about it yet. Like I know, I know, oh, I know some about it, but I'm just beginning, you know, my world building, you know, challenge on that. And I'm going to leave a lot of room for, you know, game masters to go to town. So I'm not, my goal is not to fill up every corner of this thing at all. I'm, I'm going to, you know, on the map, Eventually, I imagine I'm going to maybe write a sentence about the cities you see on the map, but they'll just be like little hooks to give you ideas of what you could do with it. So, yeah, I could I could totally see the GMs at home writing up, you know, a wiki page on their city that they picked that they use for years to to fight the corrupt cultists, you know, because that's that's one of the cool things I do like about the RPG is the monsters are not 
you think the antagonists, you know. Right. They're not the ones you go after. It's the corrupt cultists that want to hurt and hunt and destroy yeah. the beasts. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, sometimes sometimes monsters don't want to get saved, too, you know. So they're not always going to be really <laughs> happy about encountering a monster ranger. So rangers need to be careful. But yeah, I tend to call all the all the uh, all the the uh, the antagonists of Rangers the cults because there are a bunch of them, and I'm gonna make a whole bunch more. Um, and some are uh, some are government agencies. There's, there's Agency M, which is uh, the the well the monster agency. So they're they're just they know that monsters exist and it's ill funded and they just have some guys out there just kind of watching and paying attention to what's going on. So not entirely antagonistic yet, but but who knows what they'll decide. Um, we got Mothers Against Monsters, ma'am. And, uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, yes, ma'am. So I like them. I like them quite a lot. Um, and anyway, it's it's a blast coming up with with all the the bad guys in this world. Um, and uh, in the book, uh, in the Warden's Handbook, we talk a lot about you know the antagonists to give you know to give a, a good starting point. Uh, for, for bad guys. So like monsterology, the, the, the big bads, um, they're this, uh, they're basically these, uh, these folks from the, uh, the old world that are, you know, these powerful families that have discovered that, um, you know, the monster world itself has power. And so they hunt monsters because they're, you know, they, they, they tired of the big game hunts in Africa. And now they want even more elusive and powerful things to hunt. And so they hunt monsters and they learn that they, you know, monsters are also the source of magic. And so by, by, you know, hunting and killing a monster, maybe you can steal its essence and plug it into some technology and, you know, gain more power in the, in the, in the visible world. And so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wants a bearskin rug when you can have a werewolf, right? Right. So they, um, <laughs> So, so typically the different, the different houses of monsterology have, you know, they have um, taxidermy museums of monsters that they try to outdo each other. And they have feasts where they sup upon the, you know, werewolf liver and the like, you know, and, uh, you know, they're really awful, terrible people. But we got to, you know, we got to expand them quite a lot because they were just hunters and um and plug uglies, the the lackey, the the big football <laughs> linebacker lackeys. But now there's uh, there's even more uh, levels and parts to their 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 organization. So that'll even be fleshed out a lot more, I think, as time goes on too. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun. But it's been really fun to dive into the bad guys and and you know what the different you know different groups and what they want and what their own troubles are and all that. So yeah, it's, it's been really a fun exploration, but like I said, we're just starting. So I'm pleased as punch that the Kickstarter has done so well, because, you know, I, I'd want to work on it regardless, but, you know, but it's done well enough where it's looking like it could be one of our best Kickstarters we've ever done. So that that's encouraging to know that I can keep on working on it and not feel bad about it. How many days left do you have in case uh, more people would like to uh, get in on it? I think we're like nine days left. So we this is uh, just a two-week Kickstarter. So, yeah, 
I think we've got nine, eight or nine days left. So pretty short. Yeah, let me look. Yep. It's actually eight days left to go, according to Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. So for sure, I don't think we've gotten to this level this fast before. So, yeah, so that's exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm already working on the next uh, the next publication, which would be the uh, Blapo catalog. It's Blapo and Veers catalog. <laughs> so Blapo is this uh, this company that makes weird. They're, they're, so er, let me pause this. So we have a uh, so the world is called, you know, the United States of Liberty is our country. But the world's really called Obscuria. And Obscuria is Earth plus the monster world. So not everybody can see that overlay. Most people, the nods, can just see the world just as we do here, right? They see, you know, birds and weather and all that. But somebody that can imagine, they can also see the monsters that are kind of invisible around us or or they appear as normal <laughs> things like, like uh, you know, uh, maybe, a, you know, an ox or a, you know, or a homeless person or whatever it is, it, but it really it's a monster, but they're just, their brain is telling them that it's this, this thing that they can understand. And, but it's also weird weather and, and all that. So there's a lot of strange things that one sees. So, um, so yeah, this obscuria is this veil that, uh, of the world. And once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Yeah. So exactly. So a lot of, so, <laughs> A lot of people have had uh, a lot of characters. You get to decide what what happened. You know what happened to your character. How do how do they see how do they see into obscurity? How did they learn to imagine?ate So one of my uh, one of my uh, pre-gen characters is a uh, he's a silent film actor, and he uh, he's an actor, and he um, <laughs> he got hit in the head with a falling light. A lighting ray <laughs> fell and hit him in the head, and after that, he can't remember his lines, and he can see monsters, which made him a terrible actor from here on out. <laughs> because it's very distracting when he's acting in this film, and uh, he sees weird things uh, stomping around on the set. And so he, you know, anyway, he's a great, great character. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and one thing I do like is the is the two bo- source books, which is good with with the player's source book and the warden's source book. Yeah. So that way the the, the game master can have his book in the, the corner of his table, all to hims himself, my precious. Yeah, yeah, it just felt important, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, this uh, format is small, so you know it made sense that we'd have to have more than one book to kind of cover the 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 basics, but um. But yeah, um, oh, where he's going with Obscuria now that I got off track with the Blapo. Sorry, brother. See what I did there? <laughs> so Blapo is an Obscurian company. So they're not really an Earth. I mean, they're kind of an Earth company. Like they have offices that you could go visit as a, um, a nod. But um, but they really make things for Obscurians. So they make, you know, weird, strange inventions. And a lot of it is, you know, is that science, that steampunk Acme science. Acme kind of. Yeah, yeah, where you've got things like you know, uh, steam powered vehicles like, uh, penny farthings and, and, um, you know, automobiles of a sort. And then you've got candied coffins and other weird, <laughs> not usable things. Uh, a joke with Blapo is it's always like, 
Ah, uh, the new Blapo, the new Blapo hatchet now in seven flavors. You know, like it's <laughs> like they're promoting the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, I love it. So they have a merchandising, <laughs> but some of it is useful and some of it is real dangerous and and ill thought out. But basically, the idea is that Blapo donates products for for tra- you know for testing purposes to the Rangers, and the Rangers are pretty de- desperate for for. Funding, you know, they don't have the deep pockets of those eld families of the monstrologists, so they're really happy to take on all these these gadgets. But it's also very bad because they're all, they're often just you know not useful at all or, or not good or <laughs> or you know uh, in the in the last thing I just ran they had they had the the players where to the the mission was to to go to this. Um, the Southwest Mesa and on top of it is a monstrology town. And they were supposed to, you know, be dropped off, you know, from a Zeppelin to get there. And instead of parachutes, cause we don't have parachutes. They were, they're parasols, they're jump parasols. <laughs> so, it's like oh my a God, po- I love it. so it's a pogo stick with a big, you know, a big, you know, uh, Umbrella, umbrella on the top. Yeah. And it was terrible. It didn't work for it. You know, one of them came off, it came all apart and it was, it was deadly. Anyway, but the funny thing is that Blapo also sells to the monstrologists. So they're they're really a a a a, a war profiteer, I guess. But the funny thing so here's the cool thing about the catalog though, is so it's a flip book. So in our universe, our Sears is called Veers, and there's a Veers catalog page in the players book with some prices of things. And it's based on real Sears catalog. I found a, a PDF of a I massive Sears catalog from 1912. And so it'll be a flip book. So, so, so if you can, so if you're a normie, you would find the Veers catalog and that has stuff that you'd want to buy as a ranger, right? Uh, you know, supplies and, you know, normal things. Uh, but also a little, sh- a little, a little shady. Like Veers isn't a, a real legitimate company. They're a little iffy. So they, they sell things like, <laughs> you know, birds by the case, eagles extra, you know, <laughs> eagles cost a little bit more. <laughs> They're like, what? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's a flip book. So if you can imagine, you get to see the other side, which is the Blapo catalog as a flip book. But um, like I said, I started working on that. And that's been a real, real delight because, you know, I have to illustrate everything. And that's really been that's, you know, that was really fun and and try to make things kooky. And and again, trying to give them, you know, the, the nice thing about a fade is, you know, I just need to give them a few aspects and, you know, uh, and a price. And mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an idea of what you could do with it in game and, and all that. So, yeah. So there's a lot more I want to develop for this, but, um, but yeah, it was just sort of getting into this, uh, this finally to this point where we got the Kickstarter going and, and now I know that I really get to do this. So that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, after all it, uh, the Kickstarter, you know, hit its goal within how many hours? Uh, it was four minutes. Wow. <laughs> hey, I mean, that just shows that it's, it's a loved item. So that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, you know, our, because we have this community of monster rangers that they've, they've made our Kickstarters, go faster and faster which is really good because as a as a creator i don't you know i have a i have a lot of anxiety and you know when you have a 
if your Kickstarter takes 30 days to make its minimum, that means you for 30 days, you're fretting over the thing. And every day you're thinking, man, I could do more to promote this, but what do I say? You know, please just back my, you know, you can, you can only beg for, Mm -hmm. you know, for support so often. So we started to try to figure out how to, how to fund faster so that it wasn't as stressful. And then that allowed us to do things like, well, you know, our Kickstarters are two weeks entirely for my mental health, not for any other reason. You know, like, like if we, mm-hmm. it was a month long, I'm going to fret about this, like I said, for a whole month. So two oh, weeks. Oh, I can understand. Yeah, let's just get in and get out. So uh, I've been promising a one-day Kickstarter campaign, which I'm going to do eventually. I just haven't come up with what it would be. But someday we'll do a one-day one just for fun. But, um, but yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, they're short, but uh, but we've slowly gotten them, so we, you know, we can fund in a day or two, you know, and and maybe in a few hours or maybe even a few minutes. So that's that's really where we you know want to be. So you know, we our kickstarters are all pretty modest. You know, we're not we've never done a you know a hundred thousand dollar Kickstarter, but you know that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to to make it viable and also to make it useful. So this is our 17th one and we've raised, you know, overall, I think we've raised, I think over a couple hundred thousand dollars in Kickstarter, but you know, all that has been reinvested into our company and it makes, you know, it's, it, it makes, uh, it makes it work better for us. You know, it's hard, you know, it's not easy being a, a crazy indie creator. So Kickstarter is a, a blessing because it really, mm-hmm. really helps. So. So yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if you if you're doing the the conventions plus the campouts for the scouts, you know, it's your plate is a little full, and yet you're still finding time for it. Yeah, well, I think it's just sort of required, you know. Like if I didn't have to do all these different things, I probably wouldn't. But it's just sort of this, you know, like anybody else, where you know, you uh, you have this uh, you have these different income streams, right? And and in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. they're like different businesses. And a lot of times they're, they, they go together and sometimes they don't, sometimes they fight. And so that, that's a tough one. You know, like we have a thing called the order of obscuria. It's basically our in-house version of Patreon. So it's like a paid membership and we send out rewards monthly, things like badge of the month or mystery of the month and where we make these ranger themed items or patches and send it to them. And that, that kept us alive through through the COVID days. Without that, we would have been out of business. So anyway, but sometimes that's tough to do when you've got two shows back to back. So you've got, you know, 14 days of the month, you're not even home maybe. And uh, so, you know, we just, uh, we just have the, we just try to let our people know, our, our followers know that, you know, Hey, and, and they cut us a ton of slack, you know, they know that we're trying our best, you know, for them at all times. So you know, as long as our will is good and we don't take, you know, take them for granted, which we do not. Um, and, uh, you know, we appreciate all their support. So anyway, it it thank goodness. So, yeah. So it's a it, yeah, plate is full. But, you know, if you want to be a, a guy that draws cartoon monsters for a living and imagines a community that suddenly becomes a community, you know, it's the least you can do. I think, you know, like it's how it is. That's nice. It's, it's it's magic when it synergizes like that. Yeah. Well, again, I we when we started Steam Crow, the goal was what's our dream? You know, what's the dream job? And the dream job is to make up 
stuff that we love for people that we really love, you know, so it's sort of that combo. And so we've, you know, we've tried to stay true to that as much as we can, but like, like you've pointed out, it takes a lot of hustle, you know, it's not, can't, no one's going to hand that to you at all. So you got to go out and, and make it. And the other cool thing is things like the Kickstarter create a lot of excitement and it's uh, sort of this marketing thing, you know, I get to talk to you guys, for instance, you know, because of it. So that's, so there's some, you know, it's great. And hey, the nice thing with the Kickstarter is there is some really cool swag. I'm just saying. And you announced the stretch goals today, and that was a huge one. You know, yeah, a lot of a lot of interest immediately popped up when you made that comment on there about the new stretch goals. Yeah, well, I felt bad. I, uh, you know, we launched the Kickstarter and we went out of town immediately. Like we, the next day, we're, you know, we got in the van and we got off the grid. So basically, what I would do is people would. As the rangers would arrive, they're like, "Did you see what happened?" I'm like, "No, tell me what what you got, what you got." They're like, "Well, you know, it's uh, it's at seven thousand or something." I'm like, "All right," and then it was, you know, at eight thousand or whatever. But 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 what happens is, you know, people are like, "Well, there's no updates," and so I'm like, "Oh, I got to get that update going." But yesterday I was a zombie, so there's no way I was doing it yesterday. So. Yeah, I mean, you just got back in town and then posted an update within hours. You know, that's not bad at all. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the the we're we're pretty stretch goals are a real tricky thing in my in my head because I think uh, you want to have some rewards there, but you also don't want to go crazy with it because it can easily get out of hand. So I've seen. <laughs> You know, when Kickstarter was first kind of a big thing where you had your first like webcomic guys that were, you know, doing 10 and 20 and $30,000, you know, it was, I, I, there was one fella in particular, I don't remember who he was by name, but he basically started adding all these add-ons, add-on after add-on after add-on. It kept going higher and higher and it, you know, exploded, but to the point where when it all came time to deliver, you know, he never factored in the, the weight of the product. So he was going to like lose money on the shipping. Oh, and dear. so this person went out in the desert and they filmed themselves burning all the stuff from the Kickstarter and they oh. were having a mental breakdown. And I'm like, Oh boy. So that lesson's always been in the back of my head. So we, we try not to go like all the, all the stretch goals. There's not many, but we plan for them all. They've been our, our packages were weighed with them in the package, so we know how much it weighs. But we're not, but it doesn't go crazy on the stretch goals. Like we're not like Reaper Minis, where you know they're going to have you know fifty unlocks as there are a hundred unlocks as it goes. <laughs> uh, I'm just one person managing this thing, and it's you know we've got a few things and a few upgrades, and you know that's about it. But but yeah, it, and, and PDFs are always great. Just throwing that one out there, PDFs are great. yeah, and that's what I did today <laughs> with that. That map from the, you know, the, the map in the, in the, the warden's book is real small. Like it's, you know, it's little, like you know, just a couple inches across. And so I just blew it up and, and, uh, of Blickford and you can, you know, I made a bigger version of it and you can download it off our site for free and all that. And so, and then it's, you know, it's described a little further in the, in the book as I, I use it as an example of how to set up a campaign. So I'm like, well, let's see, uh, let's make up this place. And so I kind of talk you through it all. And so some of the locations and, and there's some plot ideas in there uh, as well for Blickford. So yeah, but that turned out to be a nice way to go. Well, this is one I hadn't planned on and I really needed another one because gosh, I, I got to 
at, at you know, 20, whatever it is, 22,000, I better give out some kind of stretch goal. So, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, all of us backers definitely appreciate it. Just going to throw that one out there. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, we appreciate it. Yeah. Especially if it's not adding to the shipping costs, because no offense, we all know, especially in this day and age, shipping costs can kill you. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a place you've really gotta, you've gotta watch with your Kickstarter because yeah, it, it, it can get really out of hand fast, and uh, so yeah, we've, we've, we've done enough of these where we've really learned to, you know, you gotta take the time and that's. To, to weigh everything and to know really what you're delivering. And that's why we tend to work sort of the, in this weird way where we, you know, we do some production before the Kickstarter really. So we, we know really what these things will look like. So we're not over promising you something, you know, I want to show you a photo of the real thing, not a simulation mm -hmm. because that's, it's, oh, it's so sad. Like you know, we've done a lot of Kickstarters with t-shirts, for example, and early on, I wouldn't have a T-shirt, so I would just mock it up. But, but you know, the ink when we mix the ink out in our studio, like it doesn't, it doesn't turn out exactly the, the same way, you know. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. I'd much rather print a shirt and show you a photo of it, you know, the real shirt. So that's what we did with this too. So yeah, I don't and think that's totally weird at all. Yeah, I, I will. T I will totally say for the backers who are Ranger veterans. It is awesome that you have a satchel that everything will fit in. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, the satchel the satchel is one we've used a lot before. And mm -hmm. so Donna Donna had the idea. She's like, hey, you know that the map case that we, we've used in the past? You know, I think it might work for your books. And so we pulled one out, and they fit perfectly in there. So it's rad. Like, it's a really cool – it's cool to have a satchel that's like – it feels like it was made for the game. And I'm sorry. I love – the badges being the uh, shape. Uh, so it's so much easier to like put them close together as opposed to like round or something. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was the, that was the concept from day one when we were uh, sitting out on my mom's farm, we were visiting and uh, her place and she, she was, uh, she was an outdoors person. So she, she was a mule rider and a, uh, that country horseman and did a lot of like, you know, packing and, and like trail, like clearing trails and stuff. And so when we were staying with her, she didn't have room for us in her place. So she had a, a, a canvas tent and she set it up on a, they had built like a dock out in the, out in the pine trees. And so in Washington. And so it was like glamping. There were antiques on the porch and then inside it was, you know, a bed and antique stuff in there. And so that's where we were brainstorming what, what this monster scouts slash Rangers thing was going to be. And, and my, and my very first sketches, we came up with the hex, the hex pattern along with the interlocking master, uh, like the branch yeah. patches. So it's, it's, it's clever. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it just sort of was another, another <clears throat> opportunity to make it different than, boy or girl scouts but also make it you know uh design oriented you know like this is this mm -hmm. is a big design project for us so so yeah i mean especially with the different shaped patches that totally interlock like that jackalope one that's huge and the rest just beautifully interlock around it yeah 
Yeah, it's. I also like the fact that it's hexagon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. See? Exactly. I, that is so clever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. It's the hexagon. I'll tell you. I will tell you a secret. The the. It took me the longest time to figure out the last big idea I had for the the Rangers game was that the hex badges did something. I don't know why it didn't occur to me this entire time that badges would be more than just a mission reward. It took me forever to realize that badges are cantrips. They're, That's they're, awesome. <laughs> but it took me forever to figure that out. Like that was one of the last things I came up with. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. It seems like I'm missing some opportunity here with this game. What is it? And then I looked at the badges, and I'm like, wait a minute. Badges, of course. The badges do something, which is cool <laughs> because it allows every player to be a magic user to a, you know, a minor degree. So everyone gets a power mm-hmm. of some sort. And it gives you rewards. You know, It's another way to also, you know, in Fate, since we don't have all these different levels that you can level up a character, you know, badge, badge rewards become the way that you can, you know, you can become more powerful. And and aside from really the real power in my campaigns are, are, is knowledge, right? Knowledge and connections. You know, the more you know what's going on, the better things are for your character, but yeah, getting powers and badges. Awesome. So like the goblin tongue badge, that's uh, the badge that comes with the campaign. Well, that means that when you have that badge, you can speak with, you know, the goblin kind and be able to, Know, communicate with them. I mean, it's a minor thing, but it's cool. It's it is awesome. I think it is one of my favorite things. Yeah, mm-hmm. weird beard. So I I've only just begun even figuring out what badges are. So, uh, you know, this book I touch on it. You know, I touch on it pretty briefly in here. So I, eventually, I also want a magic a, a book of magic source book so we can, you know, give you a lot of examples for you know badges. But like uh, weird beard. So I have a weird beard badge in real life. We've had it for five years, probably, because I have a, ba- a beard that is weird. And so weird beard allows any person that has this sewn under their uniform, they can grow a foot of beard a day or suck up a foot of beard a day. <laughs> it doesn't matter what gender you are, what, but you could, but sometimes that could be helpful. Probably not, but it could be. So anyway, yeah. So spirit badges. They do stuff. I think that's that makes it kind of great. So I agree. And it it's totally awesome. goes back and reinforces the monster rangers. You know, it's, it brings you right back to the, oh, yeah, we are collecting badges for a reason. Right. Yep. And so what's fun is um, uh, in the in the game I ran last weekend, uh, they were saved they were helping this. They were trying to save the bear ghost. Well, I did it because I have a bear ghost <laughs> badge. So. Um, at the end of the conclusion of the game, I told them all, each of you earn your bear ghost badge. And then I went back and I, I gave them all a real bear ghost. So that was kind of, so that's pretty neat to to be able to have that kind of, that kind of tie in, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's something they'll never forget. You know, that's, that's, that's a once in a lifetime experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And And the other thing is it gives more meaning to the badges too. Like, you know, you could, you know, you could look at your collection in a different way, knowing that these could have powers in a game or something, you know, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Sort so of yeah. a secret joy. It yeah. doesn't have to be secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, Buddy Ruckus is Satchel. So Buddy, Buddy Ruckus is the psychic. He's a psychic ranger. He's one of our. Uh, he's one of my also my my pack of characters. He's one of them. So he's a psychic ranger. But he uh he's based on my dog Oni, who is a psychic ranger himself. So he stares at Donna when he wants something, and she's got to <laughs> read. She's got to read his mind to figure out what he's trying to tell her. So, awesome. so his character's Buddy Ruckus. <laughs> Why can you not hear my thoughts? Oh yeah, well, he just waits. He knows. <laughs> he knows you'll figure out that he needs dinner or needs to go outside or something. So good old, good old Buddy Ruckus. But yeah, pulp. That's the other fun thing of pulp, you guys, is naming. Pulp names are special. Like they're not just normal names; they're special names. So I've got a chart in here to help you come up with. Uh, to kind of pulpify your names. So, um, and I've got, uh, so I've got a little guide to just kind of help you do that old chart. And, uh, cause I think that's an important part of pulp, you know? Oh yeah. Is the, don't take yourself too serious. Right. Right. Well, and Jim knows it's one of my favorite things about creating characters. Is I take the name very serious <laughs> as to what I'm going to do. It may not be a serious name, but I take the I put a lot of thought into that character's name. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good. It's an important starting point. You know, a good name can really can really make a character uh, just memorable right away. You know, it gives you some flair. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some of the best steampunks we know have cool names that are actually their character. Do you hear the name? You can picture the character, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know. So I got to ask you, since since we've talked about all these magnificent things, you know, such as, you know, the, the Monster Scouts and the RPG and, you know, Steam Crow, where can folks find you online under the different groups? Because I know Steam Crow's got its own site and Monster yeah. Rangers has its own site. Yeah. So, and, you know, and I know that if you... If you just discovered us, it's probably confusing on why you have Steam Crow and why do you have Monster Rangers, but Steam Crow predates the Monster Rangers by probably a decade, so we just couldn't get rid of it. You know, it's sort of our, it's kind of <laughs> the studio that makes the Monster Rangers. So we basically call Steam Crow the headquarters of the Monster Rangers at this point. But you can find us at steamcrow.com. That's basically our store. And like, that's where all the downloads will be for, um, you know, when I make downloadable PDFs, they're going to just be over there. Like right now you can download the, the character sheet, for example, for free in our store. It, it manages, you know, downloads really nicely. So I just like to have it do that, uh, over mm-hmm. there. And then Monster Rangers is on monsterrangers.com, which has a bunch of lore and badges and, and the branches and, and, and holidays and stuff that is, too big for these books and uh and, and and community stuff too so but a lot of it it's blurry between what you could use for the role-playing game and what you can't but mostly you can because it's all the same kind of lore and then on facebook where we've got excuse me we've got the monster rangers group so just look for monster rangers and there are there are probably 30 different subgroups of monster rangers by locality. <laughs> Most of those aren't very active, but, um, but then we have our core one, which you'll see is the biggest one. 
we have a uh, we even have a um, a barter circle group to trade your you know let's see you end up with duplicate badges you can trade stuff there we have another group for um um you know cronies people who help us out and uh, and so on and then we have instagram for steam crow which is steam crow and the monster rangers is our instagram handle so we've got two of those things so yeah all those kind of places um yeah, so if you Google Steam Crow, you'll find the most about us. If you do, if you Google uh, too much uh, Monster Rangers, you get a lot of Power Rangers or Monster Rancher, which is really <laughs> annoying. So, um, but yeah, but it's out there. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely an awesome thing. Plus, you know, you can totally get the uh, Monster Rangers notebook to go along for your game notes. Yes, Kelly, one is in order for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I love it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a perfect companion for the game because it's exactly the same size. So, yeah, I think it's a, a great journal. And, and a, a side secret, someday, I, I haven't worked on it yet, but I'm going to make a, a character journal that goes right along with this format. So someday we'll have a, you know, a character journal too, I hope. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and is there any conventions coming up that you're going to? So we're going to be at Emerald City Comic Con here at the beginning of March, so just a few weeks, really. Uh, so we'll be there up there in Seattle. And then after that, we're going to be at um, we're going to be at Crit Hit, the local Phoenix uh, game con. And then we're going to be at Game mm-hmm. on Expo as well. And at both those, I think we're mostly just doing demos. Um, I think, uh, if I may try to do a suitcase store or something at one of those, I don't know. We'll see. But, but for sure, we'll be demoing at those two events. And then after that, we're going to be at Monster Palooza. Actually, Monster Palooza is before those events I just told you about. Uh, and then after that, we have, um, Midsummer Scream in Long Beach. Uh, and then, uh, then it's our camp tour again in the summer. So we're doing less, kind of less comic cons at the moment and trying to do more local stuff. Oh, and yet another thing, sorry, uh, witchcrafted, the witchcrafted market. We're going to be there too. So the weekend after Emerald city, we get back, we have a show right away. So that's, you are all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's when it rains, it pours. You've got to kind of, you know, we, yeah. for now, we need to, you know, the cons are our marketing, so we got to mm-hmm. go do it. So, yeah, so we'll be at the Estera Market here in uh, Glendale in uh, in April. But probably less events than 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 most years. So um, just kind of how it all fell out. Like, we would have been at Fan Fusion this year, but Monster Palooza had the same date, so... Uh, so, you know, maybe it, maybe it'll be good to skip a year or whatever. So, yeah. Call it a restructuring year. That's what we called it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Just how it is. So it's just, uh, you can only do so much, man. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to be at home writing this stuff if I can be, but got to fight for that time. <laughs> Take time to actually go home. Yeah. Isn't your motto supposed to be less talk, more villainy? That's not my. That's not my <laughs> motto. That sounds like a. That sounds like a monstrology. Uh, thing to, <laughs> you ask me. Now I'm a homebody. Like I'd, I'd be plenty happy to not, to not leave home. So, 
I'm happy being here a lot. So, yeah. Well, see, I definitely have to say on behalf of the Monster Rangers, thank you for the craziness you do. Yes. Yeah. Look what you've done, you know. Yeah, it's it is crazy. I uh I can't, you know, I forget a lot sometimes. You know, I just know I've got all these things to do and I wish I could do them all a lot better than I'm doing them. So I mostly am kind of stuck there. And uh and then I forget. I'm like, oh holy cow, this is this is such a I'm so lucky to get to do what I get to do with Donna. So it's uh it's a privilege, absolutely. And so I don't take a second of it for granted. So yeah. Well, we thank you for creating such a vibrant community around these brilliant and fun ideas. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Inspired by our, our great community. And uh, they tell me a lot of great ideas. They're like, hey, you should do this. And and uh, sometimes I can get to it and do it. So, yeah. But they uh, can't do it without. I can't do it without you guys. So, you know, uh, I could. I mean, I did. Actually, for, you know, 20, 20 odd years, I did stuff without anybody caring or paying attention. So, now that I've got some eyes on it, I'm very, very thankful. And like anything creative, it's always better when you've got someone to vibe off of and getting that feedback. Yeah, for sure. You know, and validation. I mean, let's let's not forget. Getting positive feedback is very difficult, but it's great when you get it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, no supporting thank- the project, supporting us with this, and, and giving me this chance to talk about our crazy new game yeah and thank you thank you for coming on in such short notice because i know you you've been hustling week after week here <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's just how it is but yeah and we will definitely get this edited and posted out there tomorrow so that way folks can see the pictures and you know see the things that they want to support because they want to support this awesome <laughs> awesome well thank you so much all right. So, Daniel, thank you for coming on the show. And I'll say that's probably a good place to wrap it up there since we're all exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And again, thank you for everything you've made for everybody. That's all, that's all I'm going to throw out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. No, I, I can't help it. I have to do it. But yeah, I'm so glad that so glad that someone cares. It's so, so <laughs> Lots nice. of people care. Come yeah. on. See, I, I, I will totally throw this out there that you should think about RingCon in the fourth quarter of the year because we had know a lot of Tucson players who play Fate, and this would be a hit. Uh, Yeah. When? So it's the fourth quarter? Uh, it's going to be like September-ish. September. They haven't announced the dates yet. Yeah. Well, I'll pay attention. I... I'm on tour through like the middle of September with the camp tour, but I'll, I'll pay attention and see if I can, when I suss out when it is. Alrighty. And if nothing else, once the, the dates come up, I'll, I'll totally, you know, drop them over to you saying, Hey, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Sounds good. That'd be, uh, that'd be excellent. It's hard to hear about stuff on the Facebook these days. You know, it's hard to get, you know, the, everything's so get the algorithm to actually work. Yeah. Yeah. The algorithm is all about holding everything back. <laughs> yep. But awesome, yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. So thank you. And yeah, thanks again, All you guys. You guys rule. I really like I said, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, All right, Daniel. Have, All right, I'll give you have a good night, guys. Oh. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that car in there. See you guys later. Thank you. <laughs> later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. 
If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok and roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.